to the light It's not about food, it's a life philosophy You gotta be the strongest and fight to succeed I'm climbing the mountains, I'm swimming the rivers I'm the eagle in the sky and I'm ready for dinner Life's a highway and I'm the car If you ride with Chowder Man, you're gonna go far everyone and welcome to the first lame throwing of april uh we're uh, recording this late uh is this good friday or was that last week sometime this is good friday if you're not orthodox okay right because easter's uh, sunday right so. right but they have they have easter the sunday after this so it's some oh, people's right. good friday and it's some people's not good friday not so Very great confusing. friday okay right yeah Okay, well, whatever. Happy Good Friday to some of you. Um, my name's Jason McMaster, uh, writer, consultant, and uh, I don't know, failure at many other things. Uh, I'm joined this week by Nick Johnston, Bay Area expert on just about everything, except for the things I'm really good at. That's why we compliment each other. And uh, and finally, Jacob Imbrogno, married man about town. That's me. Uh, me. Yeah, Jacob finally just got married, it. so congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. We weren't together that long. It's like 15 years or so, but like, you know, I figured, no. eh, might as well. Just a tryst. Yeah, sure. You kind of rushed I mean, into it. But yeah, if you're yeah. In love. I know. But yeah, I mean, that's what they say, right? If, like, if you know, you know. So I was like, well, you know, I think might I know. As well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, this week there, uh, well, actually, uh, this episode, uh, since it's been a couple of weeks, there's been a number of games come out. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of those games. Yeah. 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 We're going to talk about one of those games. One new release, uh, a big update, and then. A, and then whatever the game, hell Nick's doing. Yeah, we never is. know with Nick. He's crazy. Crazy like a fox. Uh, anyway. Since he's crazy like a fox, we'll save him for later. I'm. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off. I've been playing a game called Meet Your Maker. Um, it is strangely by the people that make Dead by Daylight, and I really don't like Dead by Daylight. I don't mind going on the record saying that. I, I'm happy that other people do. I do not understand Dead by Daylight. It is not for me. So uh, when they did a demo of this new game, Meet Your Maker. Uh, what a couple of months ago, right? Uh, during one of the Steam, like the Next Fest or something, wasn't that part of the Next Fest? It was the um, same Next Fest. I, I think you and Anthony were were talking about it, like yes. two or three episodes ago, maybe. Okay, yeah. So we, uh, it came out. I'm, I'm actually really, really pleased with it. I, I, you know, I never know what to expect. Um, and kind of when you when you start Meet Your Maker, it's. It's unusual. Uh, the kind of the long and the short of the story is uh, you're riding in a big machine over a apocalyptic wasteland and you're going to these different tombs and burial sites and mining stuff and getting different resources. Um, and you're upgrading your, your guys inside your base that uh, like uh, support you with new weapons and armor and stuff like that uh, but the the hook of it is that it's all like player created content so the the quick the quick overview is when you uh play a game 
you can go in and choose to do a raid. And if you do a raid, you have three different difficulty levels that you can go through. And all of the raids are from players that have built these outposts. You go in, you try to steal their stuff and get out. Uh, and they're, uh, the reason that they would you know, participate in all of this is if you buy a tomb site or an outpost, it gives you resources uh, continuously uh, while it's open. And any of the players you kill while in your base uh, can you you get like some of their resources and stuff as well, uh, and you can watch their replays, which is really funny sometimes. Uh, or you can watch your own when you fail, uh, and it's just kind of it's strange. It has like this rust aesthetic almost. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it was sounding lines. like to me. Yeah, it's like you make all these bases, and uh, you can put like different artificial intelligence monsters in there or traps or, or what have you to try to trick people uh, into just killing them over and over again. So you can get their resources. And there's a couple of different modes. There's the uh, just regular active mode. And when you're in that mode, players can come in and, and steal resources, but they, they don't affect you negatively. Like you get, uh, you get all your resources no matter what. And then there's overdrive mode where people can come in and steal uh, from you. And it, it does hurt you, but there are bigger rewards. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting game. Uh, it's co-op, so up to two players can raid tombs, etc. But uh, a large portion of the game is uh, base building. It's kind of your design for how you want to kill people. Uh, and it, it kind of is... is I think it your enjoyment of the game it will end up hinging on how much you enjoy designing bases. Uh, the raids are fun. I like running through different people's stuff. You know, some of the harder ones just seem kind of mostly impossible until until you level a bunch of stuff up. Uh, but the mid level ones are great. Um, it's fun to run through, but it all comes down, I think, to yeah, how much you want to actually build a base. Uh, and if you don't then this might not be the game for you. Uh, is is it, it a, is it like Mario Maker where you have to complete your own base for it to, to you be? Don't know. A, I also wondered that at first, too. No, you do not have to complete your own base. The only realistic thing that... Well, okay. So uh, all the bases, uh, when you buy them, they have some stuff there, like just kind of built-up stuff. And there's a little like mutant dude who crawls along a path and he has to be able to get to this certain point, which the players are also trying to get to, to uh, grab your um, mat gen or whatever it's called. Gen mat, something like that. Um, so when you start, you, you know, you have to build a good bit of it. But the, the one, there's two rules before you can activate a base. One of them is that that little dude has to be able to reach your gen mat. So you can't just make make it in a room no one can open, you know, or you can't make it like some impossible to good cross path. Uh, Cause that little dude has to crawl to it. Um, and the other one is you have to have a certain amount of defenses and um, the more defenses you put into the bases, uh, the higher difficulty level it will get scored. Uh, and not all the bases are the same. They have different amounts of resources. They cost different stuff. But it's uh yeah it, it's kind of fascinating uh it's it's a little 
like a puzzle game that you play against uh, against other players passively in a way, um, or their participation is passive. But uh, I like it so far. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So that's that's me, True Maker. Yeah. Have you uh, built any bases in it yet? Oh yes. I have built two bases. Uh, one of them I haven't opened yet, and the other one I've got closed right now because I ran out of resources. And when your base runs out of resources, you can choose to prestige that base. Uh, it just costs a bunch of resources that I don't have. Um, but I do have one that I can finish building and then activate. Uh, and the fun part of it really is kind of like watching people's replays. It's until you start to kind of feel bad for some of them. Um, and then you're like, well, maybe I did too much. But um, but not bad enough yeah. to make it like easier for them. Oh God, no, no, of course not. It's a game after all. <laughs> uh, I might have missed this, but how do you get more resources? So oh, you know that's a valid point. Okay, so it's a little strange. The way you level up your base is you level up your workers. You have five workers or whatever they're called. I don't know. There's a guy that does the armor. There's, uh, let's see, okay. There's armor, weapon, grenades are, you know, consumables, basically. Um, traps and uh, monsters. And each time you level up one of those uh, positions, you level up part of your overall base. And then once you've leveled up enough things, you can level it up overall and you get a bunch of extra resources just as a reward. Uh, the way you gather resources otherwise is on raids. When you choose a raid, you get to choose what type of resource you're trying to steal. Um, so if I want to level up my weapons vendor, I would choose a base that has weapons vendor experience or, or materials or whatever and uh, raid it. And once I've completed it, I get that certain amount. And then, you know, uh, you know, some extra bonus stuff, etc. depending, but that the, the, resource you're going after is the main reason you would do a raid. But yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like a game for people that want to play Rust, but don't want to like sit in their base 24 hours a day. Yeah, because, Angry. Like you, because you're not defending your base when someone runs through no. it, right? Like it's okay. Right, and that's why, you know, in active mode, there's no reason for you to, like, be upset about someone beating it, right? Because you don't lose anything. It's just kind of, like, there yeah. for people to, to try or whatever while you're doing it. If you do it in overdrive mode, of course, I think that's kind of cool. It's a cool addition that I haven't used yet, but uh, I like the idea of it. Um, losing stuff, too. But I haven't built up very. Yeah, so it really um, is like the it is it really is like the part where people people were like, I really enjoy raiding bases in Rust. Yeah, like I want to do that. I want to focus on that, and I don't want to have to go get more resources by chopping down trees and crap. And uh, you know, when I say the the bases themselves, you can do some fascinating stuff. Like I mentioned, monsters. You can uh, place a monster, and there's a number you can unlock, and then you can go in and kind of like program a route for them. So, like, on my first base, I, I built it up to this kind of, like, structure. And then I placed all these, 
like tall structure and I placed all these flying bad guys on the back of it. And I took them all over and I just waited for like 20 or 30 seconds. And then I'd fly them around the front of the structure and sit there and wait was all, you know, all I told them to do. And so, you know, someone would run inside and then all these flying dudes would be waiting for them when they come out. Uh, just stuff like that. It, it's, it's, it's really cool. And, um, and the players during the raids have pretty cool stuff too. You have a grappling hook. Uh, there's like a bolt rifle, uh, a sword. Uh, and there, there's a few different ways to, to go about like all the, the raids. You get like, there's also some like different grenades and kind of different armors, the different abilities that you can upgrade. And, uh, they all just kind of make it easier for you to get in and get out of bases. So uh, there's a lot of upgrades and kind of uh, exploration and, and kind of new or exploration via finding new, you know, dungeons and stuff that you could do that uh, is pretty, pretty straightforward. You know, most of them you jump in, you can be done in under five or 10 minutes. Um, it's kind of like little bite sized bits of content. That's, it's a lot of fun, a little action platformer kind of. Yeah, that's a that's a smart thing. Like, I, it sounds like a it sounds like a good idea that seems like they did a good job putting into practice. Yeah, I'm so I'm curious uh, the life of it, of course, because games like that uh, live and die off of the player base. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but right now, uh, it's pretty active, and that's always the best time to play something. Yeah, for uh, sure. it's not very expensive either. It's like a $30 game. So if that sounds interesting to you, check it out. If you don't like it, you know, refund it. But, you know, give it an hour or two, see what you think. Uh, also, it's on PlayStation uh, Plus this month. I think it's uh, uh, free. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, yeah, that's where a lot of the, I think a lot of the players are going to come from, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, Meet Your Maker is a good time, and I certainly suggest it. Do you uh, think that type of game would be fun for somebody who doesn't like base building, who's only interested in going in and, and solving those puzzles? Uh, I think, yeah, it would be. I, I think also, at the same time, so, all right, you know what you, what you can do is you don't, it's not like you have to make it hard to get your stuff. You know, you could just buy a base and not really build anything in it and just activate it. Well, you have to have a, a certain level of defense. But you could just throw some traps around and you don't really have to do anything with it. You know, it just sits there and generates uh, resources for you. So, yeah, you could totally just do the raids and stuff. OK. Um, and then, yeah, there's a uh, like I said, most of them are pretty bite sized. And once you get a hang of the game, they're, they're pretty entertaining. Um. But yeah, so that's uh, Meet Your Maker. And uh, next up, we're going to go to Jacob and talk about his new favorite game, The Cycle. Yeah, so, you know, another, not a new game, but a, a pretty big update. Um, it's called their 3.0. They put it out last week on the 29th. Um, what are they calling it? Breakthrough? The Cycle Frontier Breakthrough? Uh, so... If you don't know what the cycle is, it is a free-to-play, um, it's called an extract shooter, FPS. Um, it's a very it's like very similar to Tarkov. You take a loadout into a map, there are enemies, there are AI enemies, and then there are player enemies. The goal is to do some sort of quest on the map, find something, kill something, 
you know, and then um, maybe maybe pick up some gear that you find in a box or whatever, like you loot some stuff, and then you try to leave at a designated location. If you die with your stuff in the game, you lose it. Uh, um, and if, you know, and then you have to, you go back mm-hmm. to the beginning, you have to do it all over again. So, you know, so that's basically what an extract shooter is. This game, this one's a little more arcadey than Tarkov. Uh, Tarkov is, is more of on the simulation direction of it. This one is a little more arcadey. Um, and, but that does give you, it does give you the, uh, the chance to try it out. It doesn't feel as daunting to play it. You don't have to worry about, you know, carrying six different types of meds and, you know, eight different types of armor, like ammo. And you don't have to worry about packing mags and things like that. Like in the game, you just, you know, like a regular FPS, you hit the reload button, your gun reloads. Cause you have ammo in your backpack, you know, pretty, pretty simple. Um, the big changes for this update. Now I didn't play the cycle very much when, when it was in beta, I watched it and it didn't really seem for me. I think I did play it once or twice, but it was a little too arcadey for me, but it seems to be surviving, you know, at, like they, they put more work into it. Uh, but so the big updates for this now is, um, I guess there's no more wipes, which that's actually news to me. I, I didn't realize that. So when this came out, they wiped everybody. So that means that everyone started from zero. All their, like the care, everybody had the, you know, the, the base loadouts. Everyone has like, nobody's progressed in the quests or anything like that. So everyone starts from square one, but that is going to be the last wipe unless you choose to wipe your own character. They have released a permanent progression system that you go through the quests and you do things and you get unlocks and, and those are permanent and they, they're going to stay that way. So I guess the, the idea is that you go through these progressions and once you get complete things, I guess you kind of have to wait for them to put out more quests after. I'm not actually sure. I, I didn't um, really get that far. I mean, it's kind of like what Tarkov wants to do eventually, or at least that's what they have said over the years to have like a, a consistent character and then like a season character. But this is like not seasons. This is just like all the time is what you're saying, right? That's what it sounds like. Um, like I said, I, I'm not that far into the game. I've only done like maybe 10 to 15 raids. Um, so the details aren't very clear to me. But that's kind of what it sounds like, you know, it's they it's it says uh, after this wipe, no longer forcing a reset on your progress. Um, you'll keep any money or cosmetics in your account. So I'm not I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, I guess it does kind of sound like where it's just going to be a persistent character. Um, yeah, so. The other thing they added is called, they call them free loadout runs, which um, means that they give you a cheap kit. You know, they give you a backpack, armor, helmet, gun, ammo, and maybe meds, maybe a grenade. You know, it's 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 kind of random. Um, it's if you once again, if you play Tarkov, it's it's like a scav run where they just kind of give you some gear to go in. So that means that no matter what, even if you lose all your money and all your gear, you can always go in with stuff. It is on a cooldown. It's like 15 minutes, but the raids are pretty long. So if you were going to switch back and forth, you know, you you could go into the raid 
and then, you know, play. You could go into the raid with your own gear, play, and then even if you die, you know, most likely the free uh, loadout will be available. Um, so, uh, having not played this, uh, do they have, like, a base like Tarkov? They do. So, in the uh, overall, in the, what do you call it, the, like, overworld, you're on, like, this base where you run around and you, it's in third person, you run around and you see other players there, and you go and talk to different vendors and stuff, and you there's a crafting table and all that kind of stuff. And there is a, there is, like, a, um, it's kind of like you have an apartment as a what you're called it you're called a prospector so you have an you have a an apartment and you go in there and you can upgrade your apartment and it has um you know it has it, it allows you to increase your stash size which is your your bank basically um outside where you get to keep all your gear it allows you to um increase your safe pouch which is a, a safety area on your character that you can put items that if you uh, die, uh, you gamma get those. Case or, exactly or the gamma case, exactly. And then, um, and then there are like other upgrades, like, uh, um, like your cooldowns are, are quicker. So, like, there are some um, kind of like, you know, every thirty minutes you get like a, a package delivered to you that might have uh, gear or might have upgrade um, items and stuff. So it. You know, it's kind of like um, kind of like the scav case in in Tarkov. It's it's kind of like the uh, it's the free to play model of like come visit us every hour or two hours and we'll give you something free for playing. You know that kind of a a thing. So um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like it is a, an apartment where it looks like you have a kitchen and a living room and there's like TV and a computer, but it doesn't seem like there's any sort of um um. Uh, cosmetics that you can like change in there you can't get like a fancy chair or anything um but they do have like cosmetics for your character you can have different outfits and different guns and stuff which comes from a battle pass type of thing um you can there's a free option and then there's a paid option the free option gives you like every five you get every five levels you you get that item that is on the fifth level and if you pay for it you get you know every one in between uh so like like a season pass. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. <clears throat> so that's so like here, uh, here's the important question, because I know this is the one that Nick's been wanting, because Nick only plays games that have NFTs in them eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are, are there any NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I haven't well, seen any NFTs one? yet. <laughs> what was that cowboy? Oh, yeah, Grits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they went into an NFT model and totally lost me on anything they could have done there. <laughs> I was actually looking through my Steam history. I played the Cycle Playtest in June 2021. I played exactly one. I played exactly one game. I almost got to okay. extract somebody who was impossible to see in a bush killed me, and I said, "I think I'm done with Perfect. this." So probably that the normal sounds about right. The normal cycle. Yeah, that is pretty much how it works. In all those games. <laughs> yeah, you gotta so, get really slammed at least one good time right early on to make you know what you're in for. Yeah, so like, I mean, that's that's one issue I have with it. So so now that I've like explained what the game is and what, what's been going on, you know, so basically like my opinion of the game is that it is it is a 
fine made game that's not very fun to play. Um, I think that the movement feels janky. I, um, you know, you have a stamina bar, so when you sprint, you stop sprinting. The sprinting feels fine, but when you stop sprinting, the walking feels extremely slow. Um, it, it, you know, there's, it's just first person. There's no leaning or anything. Uh, there's no proning. So if you kind of like sprint around and, and get caught out and you have no stamina, you're kind of trapped. From what I hear, you can get a grappling hook, but I mean, I don't have one and I don't know how long it is until I get one. So I, I don't know how the movement will get better. Um, the shooting is not very fun. Like shooting the guns themselves is just pretty boring. There's, there is some recoil, but, uh, they just, the guns just don't feel fun to shoot. And that's kind of the next big issue is that I've only played the first map. I think it's called bright sands, but the map, so the map is very large and there, and there's only 12 active players on it at any one time. Now the, one of the, so the big difference with the cycle versus a game like Tarkov is that in Tarkov, everyone starts the map at the beginning and the map is only a certain amount of time. And, and like, you know, if there's 12, uh, you know, players in there, there's only going to be those 12 and other players can come in, but they're after that, they're always going to be the, the scavs, which is the, the free loadout that people could get. So you never have to worry about if you, if you kill the whole lobby, you never have to worry about running across another guy that's geared to the teeth. Now the cycle, they have maps, their maps run for like an, I think an hour or two hours. And you can go into that map right at the beginning and you can stand there the whole time if you wanted to. Or you can leave and someone can take your spot. So it's an interesting idea that people can keep coming in and, and when you know when people are far enough away from a certain area, it'll refresh and it'll put more gear in and stuff. And but you that way you never know how many players are there. The problem is is with a low player base, the maps feel really empty. Like I think out of the the 10 or 15 raids I did, I've only seen players three times. And when the guns aren't fun to shoot and the AI is kind of boring, it, it, the game feels really boring. Um, you know, you kind of run around and you pick stuff up and you don't know what anything is and it, you don't, it's hard to keep track of what you need and, and like, you know, it just, I don't know. Like when I play Tarkov and I don't run into any enemies, that's fine because shooting the AI there is, is a lot more fun. And the guns are fun to shoot. Like, the guns feel good in Tarkov. That's, like, one of the big things that a lot of people say is that even with all the issues of the, you know, of the game, shooting in the game is fun. Yeah, and no, I, it, it totally is. That's that's Tarkov's big thing. So, I th and, and I've heard that there are the, the later maps in the cycle are smaller and there are more players. So, and maybe that's where the people are. The problem, like, I don't know, and I actually can't check because I have to hit a certain level before I can even go to those maps. So, which is kind of an odd choice to me because if I know how to play the game and I want to go to those more difficult maps with crappy gear, I feel like I should be able to do that. Um, but I guess you can't in this game. I don't know. Maybe they're protecting people from going somewhere they shouldn't go to. I'm not really sure. But Is that maybe their idea of like smurf protection? Like, you can't just start up a new account and jump right in and start 
dunking on people. Yeah, I mean that that definitely might be it. I I don't really know. I haven't done a lot of, you know, deep research into the game or or like listen to what the devs are talking about or anything. I, I kind of only started playing it because a friend of mine was like, Oh, hey, there's a it's a new patch. Why don't you play with me? It's it's kind of fun. And he's he's enjoying it. I'm glad he's enjoying it. But he also yeah. but he's not a fan of he he's like fallen off of Tarkov because the game is too stressful. It it like and it is very stressful, you know, when you take the time to put together a you know a a expensive loadout and and it takes you 15 minutes to do it and then 10 minutes to get into a raid because the game is super slow and it sucks and and then you die two minutes in like that feels terrible um the cycle is not like that you know you're like you can preset everything and you can just be like this is what i want to use and you know if you if you have it it'll just auto equip it and you just kind of go and because the map is is static for a full hour you just kind of like go in and you like there's no there's no real load time they just load the map and they put you in because you don't have to sync up all your computers together you know and sync up the servers and make sure everything's where it's supposed to be you just kind of like go so there's a lot of like there's a lot of great ideas behind it but i i really like the game is not in my opinion the game is not like fun to play even the pvp that i i did experience um shoot like shooting the gun and hitting them didn't feel great and you know i I died to a guy that i just did didn't see at all because everything like kind of blends in together everything's kind of like this bluish green color including the players so it's like really hard to see people so and and i in so i i don't know it's like it's it's an interesting idea and i i wish them the best but i don't know how much i will be continuing to play it but it well, is yeah, free. no, I understand. You want to try it? I, I'm curious about it. I think I did try to play it once, and I crashed in my first mission and just kind of uninstalled it. Uh, but uh, maybe I will try it again. Um, I haven't it's had an interesting any, uh, idea. Yeah, I haven't had any crashing issues. Um, the um, it you can only play with four people max. Uh, the the linking up with each other was was a little rough. Like getting into a party, uh, you also don't go into the same lobby. So like, there's an overworld, right? But they don't, you know. There's different instances of that overworld, and when you're in a group, you you don't go into the same one. It's kind of weird, you know. Like, I get it when you first link up, you're already in the overworld, so you're like, ah, oh, it's fine, whatever, and you go into the map. But then when you come out of the map, I, I assume you'd all be yeah. in the same place, so you could kind of yeah. like run around. You know, so my buddy was trying to show me, hey, go to this guy, go to that guy to get quests. And I was like, I don't know where that is. And he's like, let me show you. Where are you? And then we realized we're not in the same place. So he couldn't even like run me over there. You know, he's like, well, you know, look this way and turn to your right. And it's really odd. Um, There's also like, it doesn't seem like there's a map for the overworld so that you can't bring up. Like, so you can't bring up and like see where you are versus where you need to run to. It's kind of odd. (laughs) But 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 you do you do get a map that shows you where you are when you're in the raid, which is great. So you know that's like a you know very helpful compared to Tarkov, where you just have to memorize a map from playing it. Right. So it's a it's a very entry level extract shooter. It's free to try. Big update. They they it seems like they have more plans. So I mean, if you're looking for something like that, I think it's worth trying. Um, 
I mean, I think I think that there are people out there that are that like it based on the Steam charts. Uh, pull those up real fast. The average players in the last 30 days was 3000. Um, eh. It peaked at 10. An hour ago, there was 6500. So, I mean, well, that's not terrible. Uh, I mean, you'll run into people. I just yeah. don't know how many times you will. Right. And, and it's like, yeah, that's and Tarkov is different. I, I kind of agree with you because Tarkov's weirdly tense. And there's a lot. For I sure. don't know. There's there's like a lot of atmospheric stuff going on. Tarkov. And like you said, the, the scav AIs are can be pretty tough and the bosses and all that. So it's not like you're just kind of traipsing through. Um, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Tarkov. I think the great thing about the cycle is that it is not as tense um, right. because I, I haven't played it a bunch. So I don't know how expensive, like the really, really nice stuff is. But when you, I think the biggest issue with Tarkov is how long it takes for you to get into the next raid. Um, when you die, oh, yeah, it takes forever. When you start out completely empty, you got to put all this gear together in like from, you know, helmet, headphones, armor, backpack, and then build a gun. You know, if yeah. you want it to be super bare, you can, but then you all, but then you also need to make sure you grab ammo and grenades and health and pack your mags and blah, blah, blah. So it can take a lot of time. And then you got to wait for, to get into the game, which, which is incredibly slow. Like yes, the fastest I've ever loaded into a, a I think into a raid in Tarkov was two to three minutes. And yeah, that, and that then builds it takes up. a while as well. I mean, it's just everything about Tarkov's. Um, like lobby experience is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> just a so, so the, when you die in the cycle, it doesn't feel as bad. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I died trying to extract. So I had quest items and I went to the places I need to and stuff. So that does suck. And it, it was frustrating to die to someone I, I couldn't see at all. Just like what, you know, Nick said, but you know, I died and I was frustrated, but then I put my loadout together and it was like really fast. You know, I, you can pull up your inventory anywhere in the overworld. You just right click on, you know, backpack, helmet, gun, ammo, health, and you're good to go. Now, it sounds like, well, that's what you just said with Tarkov, but it's so much faster because you don't have to worry about, you know, packing mags and counting your mags and making sure you have a, you know, like, you don't, you don't have to worry about having like, you know, which armor am I running and because all the armor is just colored, you know, green, purple, you know, blue, whatever. And you and you don't have to make, worry about making sure that it's that you have like the uh, the proper, you know, ammo and you don't have to worry about packing mags and you don't have to worry about like it's just it's so much easier. And then when you're when you're finally ready, you just hit go and you're in within like 30 seconds. Like it's very fast. Um and that's really nice. So you just think, oh, I'll just do it the next one. And you can set your presets and you can have five of them and you can be like, here's my cheap preset, go. And it's it's real fast. So it does feel good, like in that in that sense. That's cool. Um yeah, I might try it out actually. And the person you're playing with is Lonnie Lightning. He's a uh Twitch streamer, L O N N I E Lightning. Uh check him out. He's a good dude. I didn't know, um, you know, about promoting other people on, you know, the your show. So I just, I didn't, that's why I didn't say a name. 
Oh, no, yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, Lonnie's a good guy. Um, he was known for Siege, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, but, uh, you know, he's had ups and downs with that game, so he's been playing other stuff, and, and yeah, so he was the one that was like, hey, let's give this a try, and, uh, you know, we played it on stream. You could see the VOD if you really wanted to go back and watch it uh, with me on there, but, yeah, I think the game's worth a try because you might find something in it that is just just right for you. For me, I'm a big Tarkov fan, so it is not exactly what I'm looking for. But I can see the fun in it, and I understand why he likes to play it. I just don't think that it's for me. No, yeah, I completely understand. And that's fine. Not every game's for everybody. Definitely. Speaking of not every game's for everybody, uh, you know what? Let's start out with your adventure into the olden times. Nick? Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got a few games here that aren't for most people, but let's go for it. Uh, I was, uh, I was told by uh, every man Zach that I should give Paper Mario a shot. So about a month or so ago, I started playing through that, just kind of on the weekends, and played through all of uh, Paper Mario on the N64, but through the the Switch Virtual Console because I'm a sucker and I paid for that uh, expansion pack. It's, uh, I, I guess a couple things I'll, I'll, I'll say about it is I'm not used to an RPG with such small numbers. Uh, I, I don't think I do more than like seven or eight damage at the, until like the end of the game. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a fun, a fun Mario RPG. Uh, a little more lighthearted, I think, than even, uh, the what was it legend of the seven stars on super nintendo the the square soft yeah. one uh i would say even a bit more a bit more lighthearted than that there's there's some funny uh funny sort of sections after after collecting all of these uh all of these seven stars in this game as well uh where you are princess peach sort of getting herself loose or escaping to different parts of the the castle that Bowser has has taken over, not like smoking pot or anything, getting loose like that. Oh like. no, just uh, just leaving Damn. the room without permission. I don't think there's. I I, I think the Mushroom <laughs> Kingdom has a very strict no drugs policy, which makes them very uncool, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, I I think it was. I read about this, and it was five years before Mario came to the Mushroom Kingdom. Somebody got put to the death penalty for smoking another toad. So since then, no no more drugs. Uh, That's no, one, no one's laughing. Lore? Can't, no. can't smoke no toads. No one's laughing. I, I made that up. That is not part of the lore. Oh, I was... I believed you. <laughs> I mean, you're, no one's you know, you're, it wasn't funny. You're an expert, fine. so I just assumed. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Try something a little different. I'll just stick to the RPG talk. Uh... So, so I, now, when you say this is a like a, a more simple <laughs> RPG, this you mean like um, are there there aren't like um like things you do that increases stats like in the middle of a in a fight, right? Like like where you would you know like let's I don't like I don't know it's an RPG, so let's just take the Pokemon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like in Pokemon, there's there's attacks that actually do damage, but then there are attacks that change stats, right? Like increases your defense or lowers their defense, kind of that kind of thing. Is that right. in the game? So those those are in the game. Uh, 
you start off with having two attacks. One is a, ham a basic hammer attack, and another is a basic jump attack. Uh, as you as you level up, uh, every level you can choose to sort of increase one of your stats. But your stats are HP, uh, your your magic points, which they call flower power, so your FP, or your BP, which is your badge points. So you can't really equip new uh, new weapons. Like you can't really. You'll find like a new hammer through story purposes, but you can't just ooh, I'm gonna go buy and like get better boots, things like that. But what you mm -hmm. can do is find these badges, and these badges will do things like uh, allow you to jump twice on an enemy, allow you to jump on an enemy and reduce their defense, as you mentioned, or uh, use this badge to uh, increase your next attack's damage, things like that. Uh, so there are there are some buffs there. And you have to sort of trade trade off of all of those in the sort of limited badge pool that you have. Uh, if that makes so you're like you're equipping badges and you have maybe twenty points to equip as many badges as you want. So maybe you want mm -hmm. one that makes your attack and defense one better. That's maybe a five point badge. And now you have fifteen to maybe make a better jump or have a better hammer attack or to be able to dodge uh, damage if you're about to die. Uh, right, right. And are you like equipping those before you you're fighting, or can you can you change them in the middle of a fight? Yeah, they, so you're equipping them beforehand, and there's there's no really no no real way to dynamically change them. Yeah, so. You're okay. equipping them ahead of time. You're usually trying to figure out like, oh, I'm in an area where I can't jump on a lot of enemies, so I'm just going to put a whole bunch of stuff either into like making the jump more effective against them or uh, using your hammer to to like hit the spiny Koopas, things like that. Uh, you also, uh, so you play as Mario all the way through, and you will have, uh, uh, you will sort of build a cast of companions as you go along. Uh, so you start off with uh, Goombario, which is a Goomba who's a big fan of Mario, just a big Mario fan. Uh, he is... I mean, like we all are. Of course. He is... Uh, so he's an ally to Mario, but he can be... Tar he's an ally to Mario. He can be targeted by the enemies, but he doesn't have HP. He just has this mechanic where if he gets hit, he's going to be stunned for usually at least one turn. Uh, when he's not stunned, he can do a basic attack or uh, each of these companions will have a special ability. So he has one called Tattle, which will just like do a scan of the enemy, tell you their attack, defense, uh, HP, and like maybe something like, like, oh, they got a, they have a big attack they do every once in a while. Be careful. Uh, so I would say that a lot of the, the interesting mechanics come from meeting all these allies throughout the game and sort of mixing and matching different uh sort of your different play style with what those allies can do for you uh if you want to play really defensive there's a an ally that will make you invisible for a turn so you don't take damage if you want to play really offensive there's one that will boost your attack power for you uh so that that's that's where i had i think most of my enjoyment with customizing sort of my my party or my my experience through the game yeah, you know, one one thing to be said. This is Paper Mario, right? Yeah, like they're so they're, they're really clever 
with the whole Paper Mario conceit in all of those games. There's a lot of like fun little hidden things and goofy things you do um, that are really enjoyable. Like uh, I love that. I love that franchise. They uh, so after playing through this all, I thought there was a lot more like paper like paper conceits, like playing on the fact that he's like a one D or not not one D. He's like a two D like piece of animation going through this world that's mostly 2d and sometimes like you'll walk into uh, a house and like the front door will like fall down like a facade and you'll be on the inside of it things like that that i think are fun but a lot of what i remembered was actually from paper mario uh thousand year door uh, I was watching somebody play That's that. That's a really weekends, good game. And they're like, oh, like turn Mario into a paper airplane. And then he throw him across this little gap. And that's how you, that's how you travel across, you know, water or lava or places you can't just walk across. Uh, so yeah, I, that's a, that's a really good uh, paper Mario game. So I, I do, I do want to play that at some point. So I, uh, I was a little uncertain about if if I would like Paper Mario, I played through it all, had a great time with it. Uh, just lots of lots of little fun stuff. Uh, I don't really know what writing means in a in a Mario game, but you you get to see a lot of writing. You get to see uh, a good cross section of the Mario uh, or the of the uh, Mushroom Kingdom, and it's also relatively short. It's twenty hours, so you can if you're playing it kind of. And longer sittings, you could probably knock it out in a weekend if you wanted. Yeah, I, I always um, I did enjoy the uh, Mario and Luigi saga games. I guess you would call them. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I had the most experience with is the the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga specifically. Yeah, yeah, that's what's called. So you still? Yeah, I enjoyed those games a lot. You still have a lot of those like timing based things uh, in there. So, uh, mm-hmm. you'll do like a normal, like a normal hammer swing, but if you, or you could, if you time it just right, you'll do more damage and the same right. thing on the defending end, they'll, they'll do an attack. And if you time it just right, you can block some of the damage out of it. So I, I, that was the part of the, the battling I really liked. It's not just hit the menu button, do the number. There's that sort of timing based, uh, based aspect to it and every enemy sort of hits a little differently or like maybe does a fake out and uh, learning all those i thought was pretty like was was fun for me i enjoyed it yeah that that's actually what one of the things that turns me off from um rpgs sadly is that uh i i'm not a fan of kind of standing around and just letting myself get hit um i know that's like not the best way to look at those games and and they they obviously have a huge fan base with, you know, Pokemon still existing and in existing that same way. So, but yeah, for me, I just, I never grew up on them. So when I was, when I played a game like the Superstar Saga, that was where um, I really enjoyed those because I was able to do simple builds. It wasn't as, as in-depth as some uh, other games, but I was also able to continuously interact with, you know, timing defensive moves and things like that. Yeah, so I I think if you enjoyed that and you enjoyed the sort of the more simplicity of the builds, I think a game like Paper Mario would would interest you. Uh, and the, I, the the Mario and Luigi games definitely got a lot of its roots from from the earlier Paper Mario games as well. Just I could tell mechanically. Right. Uh, 
yeah, so that was the that's the old game, and now I can talk about a, maybe a kind of new game. I, <laughs> I am uh, speaking of games that are longer than twenty hours. I am one hundred and ten hours into Octopath Traveler two, and I have so one just a little bit longer, <laughs> a little longer. I'm I've got the last chapter of the last path left. I have not finished uh, Partitio's final sort of final confrontation yet. And I completely forgot about the the mid game of Octopath Travelers. Uh, I wasn't reminded of it until about I think chapter two or three of Everybody's Paths. I uh, the the way it's set out, every path kind of has a recommended level, and as you ex- like go down deeper in Everybody's storylines, you're explored deeper across these multiple continents, and uh, the enemies will get harder. So it's pretty much designed to, after you do everybody's chapter one, you'll be kind of at a high enough level that you can do everybody's chapter two and everybody's chapter three, four, and five. Uh, after chapter two, I realized I was really hitting a like a, a brick wall in some of these areas where I had maybe one or two members of a party strong enough to to go into like level 30 areas and the others were just dead weight or getting one shots. And I had to do the thing that I honestly don't like to do in these games, which is which is grind a bit to, <laughs> to get my party somewhat competent so I can continue playing the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, 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 I whitewashed that, I'd like blacked that out of my mind <laughs> from Octopath Traveler 1 because I remember, oh, the beginning was fun. I did a bunch of stuff. The ending was great. And I just completely forgot about that. Oh, God, there's like a middle grind. Uh, <laughs> and the 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 middle grind is, is I guess, somewhat my faults. There are, uh, there are places that you can earn what are called job licenses and they allow uh, characters to get uh, a secondary job class. And I did not find very many of them up to that point. And I think a lot of the power of the game is you can kind of go in with somebody who's maybe a little underpowered stat-wise, but you combine like a dancer with a thief. And now maybe, you know, she doesn't have very good like HP. She can heal herself with uh, with the HP steal skill. Or she can have like higher agility, so she's likely to, or higher evasion, so she's likely to dodge. Uh, you can sort of do those things to increase your base stats and round out your characters a bit more. So between having to level up and hunt down these different job guilds, that was a that was quite a grueling mid game. But uh, I would say over half of the paths I went through, we just had just just bangers of stories. Like I'm, I'm kind of shocked that Octopath Traveler is a franchise and not like a live service game, where they're like, okay, maybe every every six months they just oh oh by the way there's this new continent over here and here's two to three more people that you've never met and go see what they're up to. Well, they'd have to change the name then. That's true. Uh, they do have a mobile game that I don't think is quite like that. And I think they actually might have more than eight characters. I'd have to double check. I've not messed around with the mobile game because when it was initially out only available in Japan and I didn't want to go through the 
the bullshit process of like getting an iPhone and swapping over to the my Japanese iOS account just so I can play this game and do nothing else on that phone. And by the time it got to the US, I just didn't care anymore. To be honest. <laughs> so, so you've enjoyed like a Cinco amount of the paths? Uh, uh, Maybe more? One more than it's what Cinco? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, Cinco. That's, That's five. five. Okay. I, I'd say I enjoyed five. I've completed seven. The the other two okay. weren't bad. They just, uh, I, I feel like the stories are maybe a bit more predictable, uh, even in the final chapter. And in, in five of those, I just, like, I felt like every, sort of every turn, every chapter, it was throwing me for a loop. It was putting a different spin on it. It was uh, maybe going the direction I thought of, but just being over the top about it and a little extra. And I I appreciate that. Sure. No, if, I mean, hell, played 110 hours. If like maybe over half of that's like pretty good, then <laughs> Jesus, you know, what are you going to do? There was a five-hour right. block that I was really questioning life decision, decisions, but uh, I don't know. Oh, sure. Be better than me. Find <laughs> find the guilds, uh, maybe find some of the hidden job classes, uh, and I think you'll be doing a lot better. Uh, I don't know. I just... Ooh. I didn't explore as much as I should have. And so I, I missed out on some things that later on I'm like, Oh, maybe somebody who was like being more thorough would have uh, picked up on these. Yeah. That's something I'd do. So I, I feel you there. I always say I'm that guy. I'm like, I, I'm so much that guy that I've just, I'm accustomed to grinding at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just going to go sit in the field and kill stuff for three hours. And then we're just going to jump kick everybody. I come into contact to or with for about an hour or two. And you're playing, this is on switch, right? This is a switch only game. Uh, this is not a, uh, I don't think it's PC only. as well. This one. Yeah. This time I think they launched, uh, on PC as oh. well. But let me, wow. So is the, yeah. is the first one on PC now as well? First one's on yes. PC now. I think it came out one or two years after uh, after mm-hmm. launch. Uh, I was really good Steam Deck game. I was just looking. I was just looking at every Friday. I'll go through Steam and try to find like look for new games that might interest me. Uh, Live Alive is coming to PC in a, a couple weeks, which was also a Switch only game. So Square Enix is definitely eventually bringing stuff over to to PC. Oh wow. It's actually coming to PC. It is, yeah. I think it's in two weeks, uh, maybe less. Well, than that's weeks. awesome. Uh, and then they also just do the. Was there a Final Fantasy? Uh, oh, Strangers of Origin. Yeah, whatever that's called. Yeah, the um, you mean the the Final Fantasy Seven one? Um, uh, the one about about not Cloud, but what's his name? The, the dude that Cloud's based off of. Uh, no, it's not the the seven re. It's not the seven remake or seven R. Stranger of Paradise is that out? Well, is that has that been out on PC? Yeah, I. But I thought that one was the weird. Oh, maybe it just came out on PC. Maybe that's what it is. Because uh, that's the weird one, right? April it has 6th. like the. This is like the a remake of the first one. That's a little weird. That also just so that just came out on PC yesterday. That's where I saw that. Okay, uh, sure. So like. A lot of the stuff that's PlayStation slash Switch only is eventually looking like it's making its way to the PC. Uh, so if you're interested in those games, they'll be in a 
format and platform that is way more friendly to a lot of people. I, I, yeah. I do have another question, but go ahead, Jason. Yeah, wait. So Strange is Paradise, isn't that that one that has like, it's so edgy, it's by like Team Ninja? Uh, I honestly don't know. Yes, I think it's Team Ninja. <laughs> is, is Team Ninja part of Koei Tecmo? Yeah. I think it is then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the one that has, it's like a ridiculous soundtrack and just really obnoxious. <laughs> I need to check that out. <laughs> what did you have, Saki? So, you know, like I said, when we were talking about Paper Mario, mm-hmm. I didn't really play a lot of JRPGs. So this this is a JRPG that is just straight up like do builds and you attack, they attack, right? Like it's a it's a turn based. It's turn based. It is very it is very build heavy, uh, especially mm-hmm. end game. If you're not like I said, spending the time to develop out. Uh, not only your character's primary class, but looking at other classes and kind of hunting down better weapons, figuring out good party synergies, which isn't necessarily hard to do, but it can be a lot, especially if you're not used to it, then I think you're going to have a tough go uh, unless you want to take sort of the, the stupid Nick route, which is you could probably just get through the game with a bad build, leveling up a bunch, but this is probably not a game you want to spend 250 hours on just to get through. Just to own the libs. Exactly. <laughs> so, so like, there's there's really no good way for a, a new person to go through this. Like, if if someone came to you and said, oh, I heard about Octopath Traveler, I want to play a JRPG, is this I a good one to start with? This. No. I okay. would recommend uh, There's a... Wait for Live Alive, I think, would be the... Live Alive is deceptively think... hard. Uh, sure. It, it, it turns... Like it gives you all these simple mechanics early on, and then at the end game, it's like, oh, but yeah, you know how JRPGs work. Just figure out, you know, how all these complex systems are going to work. Now fight the boss. And there's not, there's like a, it's not really a learning curve as much as it is a learning cliff. Right. (laughs) I I would not say Live Alive or Live a Live is very, uh, is very friendly to people who are interested in the in those RPGs. I, if you are interested in, in those, I would really recommend Rhapsody, a musical adventure. It is a mm-hmm. relatively, it's a relatively simple JRPG uh, where you play as a princess trying to rescue a prince. It's got some sort of edgy anime elements in there, which is probably the only, yeah. the only negative you could attribute to it. But it's, it, it has a basic party system. It has some some up- upgradeability and some like selecting what weapons to use. Uh, but it's pretty straightforward in how you travel the world. Uh, the The learning curve is relatively low. I would say it's a relatively simple RPG. So it's it's going to be very hard to get stuck in a place and think, oh you know, I need to level up for five hours or did I miss this one thing? Cause you can miss stuff here and there and, and still get through it just fine. Uh, very, okay. yeah, very story driven. Uh, that game is out on, I think everything, PC, switch, uh, consoles was out on PS one originally. Oh uh, yeah. That's an old game. Yeah. I remember it. <laughs> But but that and it's also relatively short, so I think you can play the whole game in like twelve hours. 
Uh, and and it has a fun, good story too. It's not just that. Oh, this is an easy, simple RPG for kids. It's a great experience across. Amazing music. That uh, has musical numbers throughout the RP uh, throughout the game that just like resonate really well with the game. Uh, I would just I would just recommend that to anybody who was like, hey, Nick, you play a lot of RPGs. What would you like recommend for me to get started on? I would I would heavily rep- recommend Rhapsody, a musical adventure. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I I've played a friendly RPG in 20 years, so I'm probably the worst person to ask. And I know we're running. Yeah, I little, mean that's that's good to know. I know we're running a little over, but there was a another <laughs> thing that we had mentioned that we didn't talk about in the pre-show. What's that? On April 1st, Sega launched a new game. Oh shit! Oh, I, I downloaded this. I did not play it. Please tell the me. Murder of Please Sonic the Hedgehog. Finally, <laughs> finally, uh, the murder mystery in that universe we've all been waiting for. I've yeah. I've never played a full Sonic game. I have played Sonic like ten minutes at a time at the dentist office because they had a, a Game sure. Gear, and that's what they would use to keep us busy in between waiting for the the dentist and the and the uh not the nurse i forget who they call that come in and like do the cleanings the technicians um, technician yeah dental tech uh so this is the full the only full sonic game i played uh amy uh amy's a character right that's her name i think that's her name know. uh amy is having a birthday party and they're going to board this uh this train and do a murder mystery for her birthday Oh shit! So you play a uh, you play somebody who like, who works on the train, like as a ticket taker, uh, like general food heater upper. Uh, hmm. There's there's some jokes that go along with that, and you are told to make sure that they have the best experience possible, and so they want you to get involved with their with their murder mystery. Uh-huh. And so I don't want to say it's like Phoenix Wrights or Ace Attorney esque, but like you're you're given sort of very simple questions and you'll <laughs> click through to find the clues and you'll say yes this is who i think did it at the end it's very uh it's very staged in how you solve the puzzles you'll kind of go through the train car by car to in- investigate uh and then there's some action platformer uh sections throughout so when you're like trying to like deduce what's happening you'll have like this sort of two and a half D like auto runner platform where you need to gather enough coins through different traps or hazards or, or pits. You got to go fast. You got to go fast. Uh, I will say towards the end, I was, I was having difficulty with everything. I partially because I think my eyes were just stared at this diagonally moving screen for such a long time. And also I'm just not very good at these types of games. Uh, Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm certainly not anymore. It's been a long time since I've played a Sonic game. <laughs> so you you work on the train, but you're also doing the investigation. It's your first day of work on the train, and you were told to make sure that everybody has a good time. Right. Uh, and something happens early on, and Tails, who plays like the sort of Sherlock uh, investigator person, and you're the sort of mm-hmm. Watson to his Sherlock. 
he okay. uh, he asked if you would. He asked you, hey, you know, will you will you help me help me figure out what's going on here? Okay. And so the whole time you're like, well, you know, I was told to make sure that the guests have a good time, and they're asking mm-hmm. me to help in their murder mystery. So here I am. It's and, a good uh, thing Tails found him first, and not Shadow. Shadow God knows what he'd be doing. Shadow is in there. So, I right, know. So Sonic's not actually dead. He's the he's the victim in the mystery game. I'm not sure I should say anything more. Okay. Yeah. No, that's totally fine. Yeah, he, we don't want to talk he's about totally spoilers, dead for sure. But uh, it, it was I think like a two or I think two two and a half hours is my Steam time on it. I'd walked away to do dog stuff at some points. Uh, it's a relatively short game. It's free on Steam. It was a nice little it was a nice little story game. Uh, I would say just, just just play through it, or watch somebody on on Twitch play through it because uh, everybody seems to be playing this right now. Sure, it's free, and Sonic's dead. You know, maybe. Uh, well, I wonder if there, you know, was there anybody that got a picture of his dead body and sold it to the National Enquirer or anything? They should have that kind of thing in there. So as much as little as I care about the Sonic universe, I am interested to know how canon they will make this. <laughs> that's a uh, good question i bet not at all because <clears throat> it came out on april fools um but uh i think that would be great if they did <laughs> so yeah i'm sorry everybody brought like one substantial game and i just kind of brought like four weird updates, oh no but I just... you brought the pain no it was awesome i mean i have other i did play other games but i i talked enough about the cycle that i think we could always wait oh we're cycling yeah, we got the cycle. We got my my meet your maker. So I, I think it's fine. It's nice. It's like a cherry on top. Mm-hmm. But with that in mind, I guess we should go ahead and end. So I want to, you know, thank everybody for listening. We'll be back in a week or two. God knows. Uh, I'm We're going to do a podcast on Resident Evil 4 pretty soon uh, and a few other things. So, you know, stick around and check it out. I want to thank uh, Jacob and Nick for hanging out tonight. And, uh, you know. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having us.